0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. If something is easy for God, does that mean it will be easy for us? Before we get to the scriptures and see some examples of this, I think about even just my own relationship with my children. I think of tasks that are easy for me, that even I want to help my children with, but that does not mean it will be easy for them. I think of little tasks like cleaning up their room or unloading the dishwasher, a task that uh, is easy for me to accomplish and I could accomplish in a few minutes. It will be harder for my children to accomplish that. And even though uh, I am there to help them, oftentimes I will choose to let them work through it and, and that there is a purpose behind that. I think we all should see that if we just did everything for our kids right away, what kind of Uh, people would they grow up to be? There is value even in teaching them to trust us, to work hard, to wait, to have patience and endurance through a task. Well, let's return now to this idea of seeing things that are easy for God. And that does not mean that they will be easy for us. And I want us to see that example first in Exodus chapters four and five. In Exodus 4 and 5, we pick up the story really with Moses still talking to God at the burning bush, and we see God is calling him to go to Egypt and to tell them, let my people go. But what we see here is Moses starts to hesitate. He starts to have excuses. What we see right at the beginning of chapter 4, verse 1, Moses says, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. And so then God gives him signs to perform to prove that he has been sent from God. He gives him the sign of throwing his staff on the ground and it turning into a serpent and then picking it back up again and turning it back into a staff of putting his hand in his cloak and it will look like he has leprosy and then boom, it will be clean. He gives him these miraculous signs to perform, but Moses has more excuses. Verse 10, but Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past Or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. And then I love God's response in verse 11. Then the Lord said to him, who made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. I love that response from God. When he says, wait a minute, who made your mouth? Who has this power? Oh wait, yeah, that's right. I did. And I do have that power. It's as if God, through giving him these signs and making that statement, is making it clear, this is easy for me. This is no trouble for God. But we still see Moses struggling. After that, he straight up says to God in verse 13, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. And then we see God respond. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. And he goes on to say that Aaron is coming to meet Moses and that Aaron will help Moses. So God, through these signs, through these promises, he is making it clear that he will accomplish what needs to be done. And really, when we step back and look at all of Scripture, we're reminded of other verses that ask, is anything too hard for the Lord? Has the Lord's armed and shortened that it cannot save? And we know there is nothing that is too difficult for God. In fact, God knows nothing of degrees of difficulty. Nothing is difficult for him in, in the grand scheme. What God wants to happen, happens. And so we see some of this truth, but what we're going to instantly see in chapter five is just because this was easy for God does not mean that this was easy for Moses. It does not mean that it was easy for the people of Israel. They go and they make their initial pitch to Pharaoh at the beginning of chapter five, telling him to let the people go and worship the Lord God. And Pharaoh responds harshly. He tells them, not only am I not going to let you go, you need to keep working and I'm not even going to give you the supplies I used to give you. You're going to have to take care of that yourself and still get the same amount of work done. Well, as you can imagine, that was a very frustrating experience. And chapter five ends on a somewhat frustrating note as we see the people complaining They say to Moses in chapter five, verse 21, the Lord look on you and judge because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. And then we see Moses basically pretty discouraged. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people and you have not delivered your people at all. Well, we're going to have to wait till tomorrow to see how God responds to that. But what I want us to see today is just because God was there and God promised that he was going to accomplish his will, that did not mean it was going to be easy for Moses or the people. And here even they found themselves discouraged. And even though we don't know the specifics, we'll see that tomorrow. We know the story. You know, you've seen the movie Ten Commandments. You know that the people are going to be freed. God is going to deliver his people from the slavery that they are experiencing in Egypt. He's going to part the Red Sea. He's going to lead them through the wilderness and to the promised land. But he doesn't do all that right away. He doesn't just snap his fingers and make all the difficulty disappear. And so I hope this encourages some of you who might be feeling maybe like Moses did here in chapter five, where you feel like God has called you to do something for his name's sake. And you feel like, wow, this is difficult. And you even begin to question, why did why did you even send me, God? And it seems that this is only actually having bad consequences instead of good. And maybe that's where you feel like you are today. Well, I want to encourage you to trust God. We clearly see in scripture that God has all the power, but we also clearly see in scripture he doesn't always just snap his fingers and do what what we want him to do right away. And often there are great lessons for us along the way as we learn to trust God, as we learn to wait on God, as we learn to bring our frustrations to God and to persevere in prayer. And so we see all of those things. And I hope this example from Exodus encourages us today, but just in seeing the power of God and how he is able to do things, that is something that we should continue to affirm in our minds and to see in scripture. And we're going to see that a couple other places. First in Matthew chapter nine, verses 14 through 26. Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 through 26. And here, especially in verses 18 through 25, we see Jesus do some amazing miracles. First, he raises a girl from the dead. I mean, imagine the hopelessness of these parents. If you have a daughter, imagine the pain that would come from seeing that child pass away. But Jesus shows his power. And really, there's no greater miracles that Jesus does in his time on earth than raising people from the dead. And not only does he do that while he's on his way to do that, there's this woman that has this issue. And we know from other gospels that go a little more in depth that this had been a long-term issue. And she had spent all of her money and 12 years of her life trying to resolve this issue, and it seemed hopeless. But even in this hopeless situation, even just as she hopes a touch of Jesus's garment heals her. And we know ultimately Jesus says here, it's your faith that has made you well. So again, there's another example of God can solve problems, but he doesn't always do it right, right away. He waited 12 years or this woman had to wait 12 years. And we see even through all that, she had faith in Christ. May we never lose our faith in the power of God, even if there are seasons where we are having to wait and we're not seeing everything happen exactly like we would want them to. Another situation that we see is Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. And I hope one thing that you pray for regularly is opportunities to share the gospel. And one thing that we see here today is how easily God can open those doors. And here we we see Philip, he's going along uh, and the angel of the Lord really directs him to a place and he comes across this Ethiopian eunuch who clearly had some knowledge of God because he went up to Jerusalem to worship, but he doesn't understand the gospel and he certainly doesn't understand what Jesus had done. And so he's sitting there reading the scriptures. He's reading Isaiah 53 and he says, Hey, I need someone to help me explain this. Can you help me explain this, Philip? You want to talk about a silver platter evangelism opportunity. But here, Philip then explains to him the truth about Jesus, and this man gets saved right then and there. Let's realize that as we look out at the world and we see many hard hearts and blind eyes, it's not impossible. In fact, it's easy for God to provide a situation like this to you today or this week or this year. And may we be praying and continue to pray, God, give me some of these open door situations. Now, let's not limit our evangelism to only these silver platter opportunities, but let's pray for God to bring us to the right place at the right time with the right person so that we can be the one to share the truth about Jesus Christ and see that person come to salvation. Well, as we've mentioned today, many times God does make us wait. It doesn't always go exactly as we would hope it would or as we would draw it up if we were in control. And we see that often in the life of David, where David, he receives promises from God, but he also goes through long seasons of life that are painful. Even just think of the period of time from between when he was anointed to be king and when he actually became king. And so we see him praying again as we look at Psalm 17, 8 through 15, how he is calling on God. And he is even calling on God to protect him and to confront and to defeat his enemies. But we see that God isn't always doing that right away. And how does he comfort himself? Well, I was particularly moved by the last couple verses of this psalm. Look at verses 14 and 15. In verse 14, he says, from men by your hand, O Lord, he's asking for protection from these men, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. So he says these evil men, they're obsessed with the here and now. Their focus is on this life. And to some extent, they seem to be prospering. He goes on to say, you fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children and they leave their abundance to their infants. So it seems like some of these wicked men are getting away with it. But then David reminds himself of the truth. And in verse 15, he says, As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. And I think this is true, should be true for every Christian, even as we think about our hope in heaven. As we look towards the future, That we should see, hey, even though this world, it might seem that some of the people that disregard God and live their own life, it might seem like they have this good life and wealth and and all these other things. But I know as for me, I'm going to see God's face in righteousness. And not only that, I am going to be like him someday. And so through the difficulties of life, even when it's not easy for me, even though I know God's in control, I am setting my hope on eternity. And I hope that hope gives us all encouragement today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.